Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. I have been absolutely fascinated with the risk resilience and security industry, how it has had to adapt over time. And it could be anything, any of the extenuating circumstances that impact the rest of us, for example, 9-11, major changes in this industry occurred after 9-11, all good things. A recognition that, for example, a recognition that the very silos of government in risk resilience and security were not unified. So communication problems, risk loopholes, the whole thing. And the same thing is going on now with the pandemic. We're accelerating some things that were already in progress, including the integration of physical and logical security and the advent and need for managed services, as well as this notion that we really have to uh, unify the aggregation of all this data, whether they're coming from human sensors or digital sensors. We really need to aggregate this in a new and unique way so we really are aware of the risk. We can advise uh, against it and we can get more and more into real-time situational awareness and actionable response. And one of the guys I've been talking to for years who just seems to know what that next right step is uh, I remember uh, right before the pandemic visiting uh, something he was putting together at the time and just being awed at it. It's, it seemed like the best kept secret in the industry. And it looks like he's doing it again. Um, I want to invite to the great conversation, Robert Dodge, the chief executive officer of Global Risk Services at Prosecure. Robert, it's great to have you back. Ron, it's fantastic to talk to you, my friend. Wish, wish we could be doing this in person, but uh, I'll take the, uh, the phone conversation any, any day of the week. Well, you know, it, it, I always say, as, as you know, because I just said it a few minutes ago, I, I was telling them, just like I tell everyone, this is unscripted. We're sitting on two chairs next to the fireplace, maybe with a glass of whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we're just going to have a chat, what's front of mind, but what's cool What's front of mind is you're kind of brand new in this role here. And uh, so one, what I'd like to do if I can is pick your brain. If you were putting together a global company today and you were saying what we need to do is construct a unique business model that does these things, what would you be doing as a entrepreneur, entrepreneur, Robert, what would you be doing? What do you think is needed? What's the gap in the marketplace that you would uh, leverage? Yeah, I think there's, there's a few things. Um, you know, uh, one is, you know, there's always the pensive need for multinational companies to, to feel somewhat uh, of a consistent service. So, you know, you want to, you want to build something that can kind of take borders and uh, geographies away, kind of eliminate time zones, and, and, and really be uh, have more of a consular uh, feeling to it, uh, a guidance or a trusted advisor versus a traditional account management function that takes orders and you know is reactive and then provides the invoice, right? So that that's one philosophical thing, and, and there's some ways to to do that. But the heart and crux of what I'm convinced that you know. Um, many of our clients are really looking for it, it's those turnkey solutions around you know managed service or you know the concept of, of leveraging your back office 
or command and control capabilities uh, to support your clients in a cost-effective manner that is effective and, and leverages the themes of, you know, we've talked about this before, Ron, globalization, you know, virtualization, everything's becoming available online to those who need to know, and all kinds of great sites are popping up and availability, whether it's satellite imagery or you want to see street cameras in, in Frankfurt, Germany. That certainly, you have to keep up with the pace of technology. One of our clients sore points are, of course, around mobile employees and how do you create that global um, risk umbrella around those. So some of those are some of the themes. And then, you know, leveraging a, a really cutting edge, you know, command and control, we call it the, the term risk operations center to, to create a, a global network that, you know, that kind of gets away from, you know, individual largely disconnected guards that typically, you know, Dan Watch, but we want to create a network of collectively, you know, intelligent security professionals that that never rest and are constantly improving the capabilities of the company that thus benefit, you know, 24-7 our clients. So who is this network, right, Ron? I mean, I, you know, to me, it's our it's our employees, it's management, it's 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 our business partners that we have. It may even be our clients. It could be, you know, government assets. Um, and, you know, I want to harness the power of the entire open source kind of intelligence community. Um, we want to uh, artificial intelligence. The momentum there is incredibly uh, impressive. Some of the situational awareness technologies, Ron, we've seen are, are advancing at a rapid pace. So we want them in the network uh, and ultimately increasing that the, our network's pervasiveness and, and being able to add a host of new device and software technologies uh, into a service that we can produce huge economies of scale to our clients and keep, you know, increase the value, but keep, keep the cost down uh, and do it from a, you know, a center that may be operating halfway around the world, but is yet effective in evaluating the risks on the ground and the locations our clients are happening. So that's, to me, that whole concept of, you know, command and control, um, from a unified center that's leveraging technology and intelligence um, to a very fast pace is where I want to go with the business. What uh, what would the business leaders of one of your customers experience if you were supporting the risk resilience security team within their company? What would they experience from such a business model that you just articulated? Well, I think that, you know, most of our customers recognize, you know, intelligence-led risk management is really kind of in vogue right now, Ron. I mean, it's, 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 it hits the two hallmarks of risk management, right? It, it, it helps us to enable early detection for their assets, to protect their assets around the world. And early detection is obviously key. Because uh, that ultimately ends up to um, goes to the next step, which is, you know, hopefully a timely response. Right. We don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. We want to bring the right response. And so those two factors um, really align closely to not just our security customers, you know, physical security or risk management needs. They also directly support business continuity. Right. They enable business decisions. They enable they support the money train or keeping that continuity going, which is. Um, just golden for our clients when they can kind of provide that data set or that intelligence to their their business partners, their operational leaders within the business, 
and share the value of what the security department's bringing, which is a little bit different from, you know, 10 years ago with guards, gates, and guns, right? Uh, more reactive. Now we're becoming more proactive. So that, that is, that is really key. And, and what we're, what we're building here is um, we're having um, one of the neat things about my current organization is they also have a global cybersecurity firm. Uh, and so we have been talking and communicating and we are going to be building a joint fused uh, risk operation center that has a cyber capability as well as the traditional things we do on the physical side uh, and on the risk management side. So we're actually converging that center and we, we think that's the future where one client has control of both sides of that converged structure, both physical and digital risk. Uh, and it's a natural extension and they want to go to a provider that can, you know, secure both areas or monitor or detect threats uh, across a spectrum that crosses all those lines. And, um, you know, we can hopefully mitigate those for them. So that, that's a little bit of our mindset. And what we see is the, um, you know, uh, the future of the industry. And again, everything's becoming available online and then staying on the cutting edge with, all, you know, those automated uh, intelligence tool sets and, and, and building um, partnerships and being agile to um, look at the latest and greatest technologies and then, you know, build continuity into those tool sets so they actually work well and build confidence in the security risk resilience space. So well said. Um, yeah. those, for those of you in the physical security industry who are listening to this, um, there, there's some standard terms in IT that has managed mission critical IT architectures for the business. Uh, so think mission critical, think supply chain technology, think, uh, uh, think HR, think finance, think ERP systems. So for years, they had to manage what they call the illities. So high availability is managing the whole services around the IT uh, data platform uh, at five nines, which means 99.999% reliability. Yeah. Okay, and reliability and maintainability, the cost of managing that and scalability and sustainability. And now, of course, cyber defensibility. And what I love about your vision for things, Robert, is you're creating a business model that in a sense, IT infuses with the notion now we're, we're seeing that the security technology architecture is a mission critical platform for the business. It has to be managed to the illities just like in the past uh, we've done with supply chain and HR and ERP. Am I, am I making sense? Yes, you are. And um, I mean, it all falls under, I mean, we can use the broad term of of enterprise risk, right? And and that takes a lot of different different avenues from, from single points of failure that could tie to a technology vulnerability to, you know, corporate espionage to that corporate espionage to the, you know, a spectrum of both man-made and, and natural right. threats, right? So it's 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 not always the bad guy who puts you out of business. Sometimes it's the litigator or the regulator and we want to play in that space and, and be diverse to um, maybe not just tackle the traditional pain points our clients have, you know, the, the ones they see coming, but, but think about the threats, both internal and external that maybe they don't see coming and, and, and advise them 
and work with them that, hey, these are what we're seeing and, and they're coming to a town near you. So let's help you be um, you know, prepared for this and keep it up from getting the crisis management mode. Absolutely. And absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, it's interesting there. I was talking to a guy who was doing uh, intelligence, uh, you know, 30 years ago, and yeah. he was doing it with post-it notes and phone calls and a lot of other things. And he used the term ah. protective intelligence back then, protective intelligence. And now we have platforms and business models like your rock, your risk operations center, uh, that can begin to unify that, accelerates its impact and its productivity and its efficiencies. So pretty, pretty yeah. startling things we've seen just in the, in the you know, 20 years uh, uh, that I've been in the physical yeah. security industry. And, and I tell you, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I, I, you know, both uh, the, the, the two last companies I spent 20 years in, you know, the two largest global security firms, now I'm at the third largest. So I guess I'm working my way down, Ron, but, but both of them I, I focused on as well as my, ever, my day job, but my, uh, my passion was always building, you know, intelligence capabilities because um, uh, not because I saw it on TV, but because the clients wanted it and they, they craved it. And both of them were, and especially in my, my last organization, I spent seven years, our fastest growing business was the intelligence business, whether it was services outsourced GSOC as a service or clients that wanted an analyst for a week, a month to clients that wanted an embedded analyst um, intelligence analysts, um, it was validated in, in, in many, many ways. And so the market also told us what, what was of interest. And, and, and we've seen the development, Ron, right? We've all been around over the last 20 years and, 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 and the ability for these, these, these technologies to fuse disparate types of electronic data now into one location and to provide an incredibly powerful filtration. So when you actually get something, Ron, from us or from whoever uh, it's meaningful, and you've you've asked for that at five o'clock to only be within this mile of this location, of this facility in this country during the third year of the, you know, the 21st century. Boom, that's what you get. So you, once it comes in, it's actually meaningful. And it's what you've asked for. So we're really there. Um, but but what I find is the missing piece is, you know, organizations still get too over reliant on the technologies themselves. But but like a Ferrari, you still need somebody who knows how to really handle that Ferrari and drive it really well. So you can't forget about the human capital and seeking out the best and the most innovative folks and then, you know, developing them so they can really, when these technologies are, are, are there, uh, they can be really, you know, adaptively um, utilized by a really solid human analyst or operator that can get the most out of them and the most meaningful inputs, and then get that to the client when they need to know about it. Well, just like your clients who are moving more and more to an as-a-service model, not necessarily having to own the Ferrari, but go to somebody who can get one for me and drive me around in one. Um, yeah. You you yourself, it seems, um, in, in, in past talks with you, Prosegur is... Uh, one that's not afraid of doing an as-a-service model with its own partners. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, that that is. I mean, uh, they're they're very innovative. I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit. They uh, they were the first one to buy our cybersecurity company, a company called Cipher. Um, they operate globally. Really 
cool company. I've only been here about two and one, two and a half months, Ron. So I'm still learning all the intricacies of, of the company, but uh, I, I am ex- extremely excited to create products and solutions for our clients uh, that, that cross both the physical and the digital world. We just wrote a, a joint white paper with them together that talked about, you know, some of the gaps and how we're better together. Um, and again, convergence is nothing new, Ron. Everybody's been talking about it, but not many people have been actually acting on it, right? And and that's been very, very clear in the market. Um, and, you know, on the provider side, you know, I, I can assure you as long as I'm here, we're, we're going to try and change that and, and make sure that happens. But um, it just opens up all kinds of uh, a new frontier. I'm excited to learn uh, more. Um, I'm excited to sit down in front of CISOs and and see their viewpoint from a guy that's been hanging out with the CSOs for the last 20 years, um, which has been great, but I'm, I'm ready for the new challenge. And I think we're, we're, we're going to try and definitely play in that space and, um, and see where it leads. Uh, as we launch this podcast, uh, Robert will be preparing for a presentation. Uh, he will be doing virtually or in person at GSX uh, and Robert, tell, tell the community a little bit about what they can find in that presentation. Yeah, it's actually this, uh, this Thursday we're, we're doing one. It's on managing active threats in the 21st century in America's perspective. Uh, and what we're really doing there is we're looking at, um, you know, all the increases in, in violence and, you know, um, both from what I call active threats, which is, you know, individuals that create targeted violence, um, you know, classic active shooter or vehicle ramming, knife attacks, you name it. Plus, we're looking at all the the general increases in crime throughout the Americas. I mean, we have 50 of the most violent cities in the world, about 43 of them, uh, excuse me, about 47 of them are in the Americas. Um, So there's a lot of concern out there in, in the environment. We're looking at workplace violence. We're looking at we're going to discuss how clients and you know organizations should think about re-entering the workplace, and you know in a highly stressed workforce, right? And and polarized with politics, vaccine issues, uh, you name it. So we've got a tremendous melting pot of risk right now um, in both North and, and Latin America. So we're going to kind of reorient folks, um, have them reassess their security, talk about some threat management topics that. Um, that have been out there for about 20 years, but people need to kind of keep them at the top of their mind right now because they're going to experience these issues and, and really look at a whole host of uh, uh, threats, statistics of violence, um, what's going on in our world, and then how to, how to mitigate and help our clients. So that's going to be this Thursday, and it's uh, an ASIS-sponsored webinar, and we're going to be, uh, be speaking on that. If anybody's interested, they can certainly go to my LinkedIn site, and you'll see a little link there, a ProSegure link site or whatever. But um, that's a little bit about what we're doing. And, and you know me long enough, Ron, that sometimes when there's uh, things, we don't we don't wait around to find out what's of interest. We tend to try and find us something of interest and put it out there before uh, our competitors. Well, I love, I love uh, that you're going to be talking about what I call insider threat, because if your employees are stressed, yeah. if your employees are stressed, the greatest uh-huh. experts in insider threat will say, that you know they're prone to unless they're directed elsewhere they're prone to take that out on the uh on the company and their own employees so uh 
So I, I love that. I, uh, I can't wait to listen to it. And uh, I'm sure it'll be available as a recording for the next month or yeah. so. So that's going to be great. Yeah, I always joke, you know, and I when I do these things, I, I use the, the Bob from accounting, right? I always mention him and uh, <laughs> and uh, well, what he cares. But again, you know, it, it's when we go back to the generals of risk, right? It's, it's not always the the source of the risk, but it's the potential for damage and impact. And that's where that, that insider always wins nine times out of 10 than an external risk, right? Because once they have the keys to the kingdom, they can create a lot more damage from the inside out. So I uh, just want to say uh, from the community to you, Robert, we're really yep. looking forward uh, to your success in the acceleration of the digital transformation of our industry, the fusion of cyber and physical, and, uh, and most importantly, uh, like you always have done, serving this community in wonderful and creative ways. I really yep. thank you for joining me in this great conversation. And Ron, I want to thank you because uh, you're just such a pleasure to, to talk with. You're always three steps ahead of the rest of us, but uh, I always feel good if I can keep within range of you, at least during our conversation. So thanks again for having me on. And uh, for all my CSO friends out there, I look forward to seeing you in the world regain some normalcy uh, at some of the conferences and all that. And I hope everybody stays safe. And this has been a great conversation.